Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And coming to us live on location, <laughs> Tr- Tracy Pearson, deep in the bowels of Utah right now. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in a Utah bowel right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm in a place, South Jordan. It's uh, this development called Daybreak. It's very unusual. It's really, really beautiful. It's like at the base of the Wasatch Mountains. But it's all of these really beautiful houses, but kind of cookie cutter houses on a man-made lake. And it's really beautiful. But yeah, beautiful while a little scary at the same time so i guess that's how life is beautiful but scary so isn't that like just a beautiful like little poetic uh description of life beautiful but scary yeah at all times yeah yeah Uh, so you're experiencing life in daybreak right now uh, this is my life at daybreak Yeah. Yeah. yeah very interesting place though if you just search for it you'll go oh whoa okay yeah. On a scale from like uh, one being a perfectly normal community to like 10 being some sort of like sci-fi setup where like tomorrow I'll talk to you and you'll be like, yeah, I just got here in daybreak. And then like three days from now, it'll be like, yeah, I just got here in daybreak and you're just stuck there forever. Where would you put it on the weirdness scale? Um, On that scale alone, it's a nine. Wow. Okay. So there's it's, a chance there's like you get body snatched while you're there. Our friends who live here, who are one of my best friends will readily admit like if they were going to film a new version of uh stepford wives they they could do it here and wouldn't have to build any sets wow okay on the other hand i mean it is it is really beautiful it's it's really 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 pretty i mean we just walked around the lake this morning and it was stunningly pretty this is the kind of on location journalism you get from bruin report online all right listeners um we got a lot to talk about this uh game that you are there for uh it's the first ranked matchup of the season it's the first conference matchup of the season for ucla uh it's against utah and rice eccles which has become uh sort of a bugaboo for literally everybody in the pac-12 now um utah has won i think the last 26 games with fans in the stands uh at uh, at Rice Eccles, or at least the only loss they've had in the last 27 was 2020, I should say, um, when they didn't have fans in the stands. So tough place to play. Utah's number 11. UCLA's number 22. Crazy, should be a crazy atmosphere to tomorrow at 1230 at Rice Eccles. 
Yeah, I mean, Rice Eccles has become a thing because Utah's become a thing. Uh, the team, they've gotten better. I mean, it was always... It was always a fun place to play. If you, I, I mean, I came here before they were really, really good, and the you know the students stand for most of the game, so it was always fun. But now it's just entirely far more intense. I went for the 2007 game where UCLA lost 44 to six, and fun is not one of the words I would have used to describe that. Yeah, I'm saying fun. Of, if you're looking for an experience that you're going for the place. You're going to the place to experience a college game day experience. I call that fun, right? You know, even so if fun. even if in a UCLA fan you're getting you know harassed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what's funny about that is I'm not a guy who can remember details of games or like final scores all that much, but 44 to six that Utah uh, blowout loss that really sticks in my brain for some reason. Mm, yeah, really, really impressive one. That's funny because I don't remember the outcomes of games, of road games. I remember a little bit. I remember remember the bottom line who won. But uh, I remember the feeling of what it was like being there. Like I went to Oregon State 32 years ago. I don't know, something like that. And I just remember the feeling of being there. I haven't been back like in 32 years. But uh, I like I like the Utah road trip. That's why I specifically really wanted to do that. Salt Lake City is... I came here probably six years ago, and it was hard to find a place to get a beer. Now there are bars, you know, in downtown Salt Lake City. And it's, you know, it's manageable to where there aren't too many, but there are some good bars. Of course, they cavity search you before you go in. And well, that's check. that's part of the feature, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But um, still kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Um, so, I mean, my wife and I have always have enjoyed coming here this third time now that she's come with me. Lately. Very exciting. So, yeah, it's been fun. Um, All right, let's set the also, stage a little bit. Also, I just want to say, too, Utah fans are pretty nice people yep. in the scheme of fanship. Uh, so this is parent weekend. On the plane coming out, a good number of Utah parents – now, those are the parents, they're, I'm making an assumption, they're mostly Californians whose kids are going to Utah, but incredibly friendly. And then since we've been here, we were in Salt Lake City last night, for, everyone's pretty, everyone's, the fans are friendly, let's put it that way. Friendly about the game, you know, saying good luck, we're going to beat you, but good luck kind of thing. So, um, in, the, in the whole range of fans when you land in their hometown, I mean, number one by far is Lincoln, Nebraska. That's so far beyond the pale of friendliness. But Utah's up there. Utah's, you know, like definitely on the side of the spectrum of friendliness for fans. All right. Well, and very- sophistication and being civil about, you know, the whole the game and, uh, you know, the matchup and things. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Tracy is already being incepted by the citizens of Daybreak, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I want to say again, I want to repeat, it's a beautiful place. Okay? <laughs> I have to say that. It's beautiful. I, I picked it apart too much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's set the stage a little bit. Uh, Utah comes into the game. Uh, I think the best way to describe the Utes would be uh, extremely tough but wounded. Uh, they have won their th- first three games, uh, none of them explosive scoring efforts for a Utah offense that is still missing 
uh, as of this last game, quarterback Cam Rising, who went out at the end of last year with a knee injury in the Rose Bowl uh, and hasn't yet played this year. Uh, tight end Brant Keithy, uh, who went out in the early part of the season last year with a knee injury and hasn't yet been seen this year. Um, and variety of playmakers in the receiver room have been nicked up. Um, the running back room, uh, Bernard, uh, who was going to be at least one of the tandem running backs at the top, uh, he's lost for the season. Uh, so their scoring output has not been great. They scored 24 against Florida, 20 against Baylor, and then the offense only managed 24 against FCS Weber State last week. Nate Johnson, uh, a dual-threat quarterback who leans a little bit heavier on the running side of things as far as his main strengths as a quarterback at this point. Uh, he took over, uh, started the game against Weber State. I would say he's been solid, but um, obviously they miss Cam Rising. We don't know for certain whether Rising will play in this game. There was a lot of buzz this week that he was maybe, probably, possibly going to do it. This today, looking at the Utah boards and you know their insiders and stuff, it sounds like it's still very close to 50-50. So yes. That's yeah. that's sort of the situation with Rising, and I guess, and I'll I'll, I'll basically throw this out there. I think it matters. Um, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. Uh, I think there can be an emotional high in your first game back, but I think with a knee injury, there's also a lot of rust to shake off, not just with your mobility, but how you plant and throw, how you do it against a pass rush, your confidence when you're getting hit. All those different things, I think he's an extremely tough competitor, but they're just unknowns. Yeah. Um, aren't, aren't people kind of speculating, too, because the line moved from four and a half to six, that Vegas has kind of an inside beat on the fact that he's playing? People always say stuff like that. I have no idea if that's even remotely true. Yeah. Uh, let's just assume it is. I think um, he's going to play. My guess yeah. would be he plays. But I think so. Vegas is giving it a. a, a, a where is it now, Dave? It's six points and it, it opened at four and a half. So they're giving him a point and a half. So yeah, let me look at the most recent. Th- they're I think- discounting it in that he'll be he'll be an advantage over Nate Johnson, but he's going to be rusty. I think is what they're saying. Um, UCLA's defense. Uh, so this is interesting about the its pass rush. Um, I think it's been the point has been made. UCLA is like top fifteen when it comes to quarterback pressuring, uh, like percentage. It doesn't to me eyeballing. I don't have a stat for this because I don't know if there is a stat of getting getting home. <laughs> if <laughs> there should be a stat, um, and I, I don't know how you would do it. Like if you, it would be it would be completely subjective if the tackler had a reasonable chance at a tackle and missed it. But I, I, we saw that last year with UCLA's uh, pass rush, and I think we've seen it a little bit so far. But the pressuring has been has been good. So Cam Rising, even if he doesn't get sacked, I, I think it's kind of safe to say he's going to get some pressure on him. Um, so that, that could limit his ability, um, his effectiveness. Uh, even he comes back, but let's say he plays. He hasn't been hit <laughs> since the Rose Bowl last year. So uh, he's a veteran. I think he'll, he could be seamless stepping in and, and, and doing really well. But I, I, think, I think that movement in the line is him. They're, 
Vegas is thinking he's playing, but also discounting that he's going to be a little a little rusty. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I think from a pass rush perspective, it's sort of uh, which one do you want to face? A, a potentially a little bit ginger Cam Rising, who's, you know, maybe not, maybe he's physically all there, but mentally might be, you know, waiting for that first hit. Uh, or do you want to face a truly electric runner in Nate Johnson who doesn't have the feel, who hasn't played that many reps um, if you're a pass rusher? Because looking at the matchup, so to Tracy's point, UCLA is very, very good at pressuring the quarterback. They're only pretty good at sacking them. Uh, it's uh, UCLA's sack rate is 40th, which is still pretty good. It's a big uptick from last year, uh, but it's obviously competition. They've only played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and NC Central. So how much of that does that factor in? Um, and Utah's tackles have not been good. Uh, Spencer Fano, the uh, true freshman left tackle, he's going to be good in the you know near-term future. He's not there yet. Um, and uh, Lamea, who was once a UCLA recruit, uh, is at right tackle, and he also has not been good. Um Tackles not being good against UCLA's edges does seem like it could potentially be disastrous for Utah uh, in terms of protecting the passer if they're not just getting it out quickly all the time. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, which quarterback comes in because I think my instinct is they might actually have a little bit more success trying to pressure Cam Rising than they will Nate Johnson. I think with Nate Johnson, you almost have to play much more of a containment strategy because he's going to use his legs and he's going to take shots uh, down the sideline, and that's pretty much what he's going to do. Well, remember, though, Cam Rising is known for his avoidability, too. I mean, that dude uncannily <laughs> can run the ball. He, he doesn't look like he could. He doesn't look fast. He doesn't have necessarily a body that you would think is a running quarterback. But, damn, he can extend plays and, and he can get yards with his legs. That's the healthy Cam Rising. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Is he might yeah. not be healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all really interesting. But but honestly, this is hard to get a. Uh, not only is it usually hard to really be able to accurately predict what's going to happen in the first conference game of the year because you you only have the non conference games that go on. Obviously, this one is particularly hard because of uh, on the Utah side, Cam Rising. How many guys did they have injured? 15, and they're going to get a few back, but it's still a, a complete question mark who's going to come back and how good they'll be. Yeah. And then on the UCLA side, and I, I think despite all of that, the big the big determining factor here for me, and it really comes down to what side, what side of this fence you're on. Does Dante Moore, a true freshman, step up, in his first tough, really tough road game of his college career, four games into his college career, when he really hasn't faced anyone yet, and he's only had, I think, the equivalent, he's only played the equivalent of maybe five quarters. <laughs> um, does he does he rise to the occasion? Does, does he... UCLA's offense is going to have to make some some big chunk plays is he going to be able to execute that playing a real team because let's just be straight and and if we're looking back on the non-conference it's hard to necessarily draw a conclusion but i'm going to actually 
you know, maybe uh, speculate a little bit too much and come to a conclusion. I'm thinking Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, North Carolina Central weren't aren't very good. Uh, no, they're definitely not. Coastal Carolina lost to Georgia State last night uh, by 13 points. UCLA beat them by 14 points. Yep. Um, uh, San Diego State not looking like they're going to be very good. Uh, I, I just compared to playing real teams like Florida and Baylor. Those are those are real like you know power five teams uh, that even if they're missing a few have have like pros <laughs> on their rosters and a banged up Utah without their quarterback beat both of them at Bay, at Baylor. I, I'm just laying that out there that I, I I it's going to there's so many unknowns but the biggest unknown is what is does Dante Moore step up to the occasion or does he wilt a bit in the face of playing a top 10 team on the road just a just a caveat uh baylor is terrible they're going to be awful this year they lost to texas state at home and they uh tried to hang around with something called long island they won that 30 to 7 at home uh and it was certainly possible they could have lost uh and long island is very very bad fcs so baylor is going to be terrible florida's fine um Utah had Florida at home. So the the thing there um, with Dante Moore, and this is, I think, the critical matchup, is UCLA's offensive line, I would say, hasn't really been tested yet. Um, they've been fine. Uh, they haven't been great. Uh, Spencer Holstage has not been great. Duke Clemens has not been great. Bruno Fina's been fine. Honestly, I could, I could go either way on him versus Kunta at this point at left tackle, but they've been fine. Right side's been pretty good, but this is all against undersized San Diego State defensive line, NC Central, and Coastal Carolina, which has a pretty bad defense. So Utah coming in, uh, they have a good stout defensive line. They're really good against the run. They don't rush the passer that well. They blitz a lot. Utah blitzes a ton. They don't actually get very good pressure, and their sack rate is way down from last year. Can which one of these two things breaks? Is yes. it is yes. it Utah's defensive line that is maybe a little bit of a paper tiger and they won't be able to get pressure? Or is it UCLA's offensive line, which hasn't faced against any F, any power five uh, defensive lines, defensive edges, those sorts of things, are they going to falter a little bit? And, or is this an even yeah. matchup? And that's that's going to be, I think, that, that matchup more than... Whether Dante Moore is a little flustered under the lights uh, strikes me as the bigger key. If you remember last year's game between UCLA and Utah, UCLA dominated in the trenches. They they dominated on the offensive line. They dominated on the defensive line. UCLA's defensive line is very similar this year to last year, so I'm pretty confident they're going to have a good showing against that Utah offense. The question is, this new-look offensive line, are they going to be able to do it? We just don't know. That's a good... That's a good uh, the way you laid that out... Uh, we'll always talk about strength against strength, but what could determine this game is ah, mediocre factor versus mediocre yeah, factor. Exactly. That's, that's that's Utah's pass rush against UCLA's pass protection. UCLA's pass protection is has been worrisome. Yep. Um, and it's not necessarily just the offensive line. It's picking up uh, extra pressure, too, that hasn't been good. Uh, but it has been also the offensive line just... Just not not opting to pick up the right guy 
on uh, or double teaming one guy, letting another guy run by you. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of worrisome, and I'm throwing that all into the big bucket of whether Dante Moore can uh, get through that kind of that pressure or not. Yeah, and uh, not whether it's there or not. I think it's going to be there to a degree. Uh, but yeah, that's that that could be a lot of it right there because you've got UCLA, good running team. Um, we really don't know how good of a running team because of who they run against so far. Uh, Utah, pretty stout run defense, correct, Dave? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, it's a it's a very good run defense. So those two kind of maybe two strengths canceling each other out. If UCLA is going to move the ball, it's going to have it's going to have to throw, and it's going to need those big chunk plays, I believe. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's going to be critical right there. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Duke Clemens. That's something to watch. Duke Clemens needs to be a lot better in this game than he's been so far this year. Yeah, and that's uh, been and curious not, too. Right? And it's not like his blocking, like his individual blocking has been fine, but it, the communication up front hasn't been good. I mean, watching NC Central being able to get a free runner, just full on leveling Dante Moore on that one throw because Clemens didn't, you know spot the the or uh, didn't account for a potential a gap a gap blitz there now i don't know if it's i i mean i'm blaming clemens there because he's the player on the field i don't know if that's bad scheme but we haven't seen a lot of that over the years with chip kelly so i'm guessing it's much more um uh the the player not identifying the blitzer uh but he needs to be better um and if he's better in this game then communication issues i think are are a big part of why there's guys flying free at uh, Dante Moore more than they should. So if they can clean that up, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's a really interesting matchup, like really, really interesting because defensively for Utah, their big problem is giving up explosive plays. Uh, if they have a problem, their defense is pretty good, but if they have a problem, it's giving up explosive plays. UCLA's offense especially with Dante Moore, has been all about those explosive plays. Uh, they've been pretty efficient, but they've been very explosive. So that fits, but you also have that offensive line, defensive line issue where UCLA's been bad about giving up pressures. Utah hasn't been good about creating pressures. Which one of these things is going to um, going to break? It's just, it's all, and on both sides of the ball, it's just a really, really interesting matchup. Um, and... My my lean on it is that um, most of it, uh, unless you're unless you're really trying to, unless you're uh, unless you're really determining that it's freshman Dante Moore, which I think is a valid point that he's going into a tough environment and he's going to have some freshman moments. Most of it leans more towards UCLA, like the defense, the the strength of the defense uh, attacks the weakness of that offensive line. Their their tackles are not good. UCLA's edge play has been excellent this year. So that makes sense as they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. 
Uh, UCLA's run defense has been excellent this year. That makes sense that it's going to do a pretty good job of shutting down the strength of that Utah offense, which is a relative strength. They haven't been great. Jaquindon Jackson has been solid. Uh, Nate Johnson's been a good offsetting point, but they really don't have a depth chart at, at running back right now. Jalen Glover is not very good. So all of that leans, and that's why I went with a, a somewhat bold uh, 27-17 for UCLA. I, I, because, I consider it bold. I yeah. Do. I think that was a bold choice there, big guy. It's just looking at the different matchups, I think you have to build in a lot of um, more narrative-based stuff to make it make it look like a on the field matchup that uh that UCLA is going to, you know, get its butt handed to it. I just don't I really don't see a 6 point spread. That's the part that's maybe the craziest for me. I would see this as okay, you want to give them home field, but these are two even teams at worst. I, I and when we get to this point every season, first conference game, and we really don't have too much to go on in non-conference. It it kind of generally holds up that the team that played against, I mean, I, I know you're discounting Baylor and Florida's fine. I get that. They are better <laughs> than Coastal Carolina and North Carolina Central. I don't know. And, you line up Baylor and, and, and Coastal on a neutral field, I am not sure. Okay. Baylor's horrible. Okay. Uh, I, I still think I still think they're better. Um, uh, so I, I think you have to, it, it holds up year after year that you go by, you have to consider who they've played so far. I just think they've had tougher competition and have beaten those teams. That's something to consider. Here's a little inside tidbit from from practice. You know this whole three-quarterback thing that we've been hearing from Chip Kelly. Uh, from what I've heard, Dante Moore has gotten like the all of the snaps. I, I think I heard that Colin Schley got a few in a, you know in his package. But from practice with the first team, it's almost entirely Dante Moore. And that makes sense, not only because he's your starter, but it's also because he needs snaps, <laughs> right? I mean, he he needs as many reps as he can get it will pay off, the most he can get. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, could, I know you called UCLA, and there are a lot of valid reasons why I – this could fall either way for me. Um, I know that it's everyone wants to have a take. I'm not going to just have a take just to have a take. Um, I, I, I really could see it go either way. Uh, I could see UCLA, like what you're saying, UCLA's edges really getting the best of uh, Utah's tackles. But I could also see Utah being a better overall team um, because they – they showed it beating two Power Five teams, and UCLA has not been tested yet. Um, so yeah, but it could go either way for me. And uh, to me, critically, is Dante Moore? Does he rise to this occasion? Yeah, and the only the only information we have on Moore at this point is what he did against um, you know uh, in in his first road start, San Diego State. Against the funky defense, the thing I would say about Moore and the reason why I'm a little, uh, I'm not as um, skeptical of uh, what he might do in a raucous road environment is what he did against San Diego State massively outpaced what DJU did the following week uh, for Oregon State, which makes me think, 
you know, we went into that game with the assumption, oh, you know, San Diego State's defense is that kind of tricky 3-3-5. You know, it might lead to some false, you know, false starts on drives and, you know, just kind of a um, Dante Moore maybe scuffling a little bit. And that didn't happen at all. Uh, you know, uh, San Diego State got demolished and he threw, a, you know, a, it was pretty much a sterling performance. Then, uh, so we walked away from that game with, like, oh, maybe San Diego State's defense is just bad. Maybe they're just, you know, they're not very good at all. And then they went up to Oregon State, which has been a uh, very good offense this year um, and really did some good work considering how bad their offense is. Uh, they held Oregon State to 26, made DJU look terrible. Uh, he was awful in that game. And it was kind of that funky 3-3-5 messing with a quarterback. And so obviously DJU had his problems at Clemson um, and he might still be the exact same quarterback, but still a guy who's got uh, I think three years of college experience now uh, in relative action for a true freshman like Dante Moore to uh, outperform that um, in his first road game that, uh, you know, it's not all going to be up and up and up uh, for more. I mean, there's going to be downward moments, but makes me a little bit more optimistic about his chances um, in a, in a tough environment. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, you, you're right. That's, that's, that's one of the best things we have to go on. Yeah. San, San Diego state is a measuring stick in comparison games. That's, we don't have a lot to go on. No, <laughs> that, that's, that's one thing, you know, I'll just say it. If Moore wins this game, He's a star. He's catapulted onto the national stage. He's already gotten a lot of hype, um, but he 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 is uh, a full fledged star if he wins this game. If that's not to say if he doesn't win that he won't be a star at some point. He, like you said, you know, it's it improvement and and being good is is not a straight line. He could still sometime emerge, you know, to where he makes national headlines but if he does this uh, i mean you've got your poster boy for the ucla program and then you've got the tarps coming off for colorado right yeah it looks <laughs> like it uh yeah. judging by the ticket stuff yeah and that's another thing is i think um with the state of the pac-12 i think uh i think ucla's ad uh martin jarmond who was i think a little bit skeptical of uh uh people showing up to games eventually uh, now with a bunch of ranked teams in the Pac-12, I I think home attendance might actually be pretty good for conference play, even outside of Colorado. I would yeah, be surprised if Washington yeah. State ends up being a pretty you know big turnout. I think you're right. I don't think Jarman got it initially. Didn't really realize. I, I mean, maybe he was told, but un, until you see UCLA putting eighty four thousand in the Rose Bowl, and your experience is thirty four thousand consistently from game to game, you really can't envision it that much. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's uh, it's wise <laughs> to maybe anticipate as these as these ranked teams come into the Rose Bowl that uh, you should consider tarp removal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else, Tracy? I know we wanted to do a short show. Uh, do I have anything else, Dave? Um. I just I put up a post on the basketball on the basketball premium forum about what I've been hearing out of basketball practice. I just probably wanted I probably owe the fans a touch on that. Um, caveat: 
they're not really practicing yet. I, there are some times in what is a workout where they can play against each other, but they're they're short little periods. Um, as of right now, I mean, this is probably the best takeaway I've heard. Um, Mick Cronin's uh, happy. Now that could change quickly. <laughs> as soon as he gets closer to the first game, I'm sure you know it. He'll he'll get far more intense. But if Mick Cronin's happy, that that kind of makes me happy. And a lot of it is because the new guys. Uh, now, of course, again, qual let's qualify it. Uh, Burke is is going to be a freshman. He's going to do some things that. You know, he's going to be inconsistent as a new player will be playing college basketball. But what I've heard is that, you know, he's the real deal. Um, inside, outside offensive player, uh, really can pass the ball, has a great sense of the game, is shooting the ball well, physical. I mean, he's 6'8 to 6'9 and 240 pounds. Uh, and what's been encouraging is that, I mean, he's not Jalen Clark. But he's been he's shown that he's able to defend, so that's been really really encouraging. Um, what I put up about Daimara is that he's talented as expected, but conditioning and strength could be a limitation. And everyone took that to mean oh, so he's not as good as you said he would be. That's uh, first off, that's kind of exactly what I said he would be. But let me emphasize an incredible talent. Like an, uh, what I did say specifically before. Was that a, a, a Daimara is is a very unique offensive talent at seven three, with the skill set he has inside, being able to actually face the basket, and then a really uncanny ability to pass the ball. Um, for any seven three guy, there are going to be almost always when you're eighteen conditioning and strength issues. Seven three guys aren't well. I, I, I think I can probably say it, not even 18-year-olds. 7-3 guys generally don't play, you know, the vast majority of minutes in the post. They have conditioning issues because that's, they're 7-3. Their bodies work differently. It takes a lot more in locomotion to move their body down a court. Um, and then strength. We knew strength would be an issue. Am I saying he won't be a lottery pick? Absolutely not. Just like, and of course, again, very early. There aren't seven, but there aren't seven three guys in the world who have his offensive skill set. So until I'm convinced otherwise, I still think he's a potential one and done. Uh, uh, Lazar Stefanovic, um, like he showed in Spain, probably their most effective player, been a very good shooter. Uh, Adembona is not fully cleared yet. Uh, Adem Bona, through all of this, is still expected to be UCLA's best player. Um, so then you, you're thinking about who would start, and, and I think everyone's getting a little hung up on that. And maybe I got everyone a little bit more hung up than I should have when you're when I said it could come down between Sebastian Mack and Jan Vide, which might be true, but I would bet they're still both going to be playing significant minutes. That's not saying a Daimara won't. I would bet a Daimara plays. 20 to 25 minutes a game. Um, and, and then, you know, among the other guys who would play, will it be Brandon Williams? Might it, who's who's still getting good reviews in practice. Don't forget, very young freshman. Uh, 
but there are uh, there is Devin Williams in the post who yes he's he's pretty thin he's pretty weak but he's athletic and he brings he brings a little bit of offense too so uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this all works out oh I gotta mention Dylan Andrews that he's been stepping up and been uh, improved in a lot of aspects of being a point guard so that's it's very early again qualifying it but encouraging from what I've been hearing from the basketball work workouts yeah um that all sounds uh um like you know more or less what we've been saying um and the the center thing I think everyone should prepare for the idea that um there's a chance it's it's more or less not entirely but more or less a platoon at the five um centers generally in in college basketball they're not playing usually 30 plus minutes a game uh a dembona might get there but his foul his foul rate's gonna have to get a whole lot better if he's playing that many minutes um i i, I wouldn't be shocked if they're mostly alternating uh i think you'll see some uh minutes where they're on the floor together but and a platoon there's only 40 minutes in a game so uh and that doesn't discount the idea that Adaimara could still go pro out of 20-ish to 22 or whatever minutes a game. Um, so There are guys who go pro who weren't starters and didn't get 30 minutes a game in their first year in college. Famously Marvin Williams from UNC. Um, Famously UCLA guys in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would just, um, I think there's going to be uh, ways this shakes out, but it's very good to hear that uh, Barke... Buyuk Tunjil. Uh, wow, man, that is that is aces. Yeah, and it's do it again, do it again, do it again. And it's Barke. It's not Berke. It's Barke. Barke Buyuk Tunjil. We need and to the, tape and, that. and even I the need end, to tape that and just have it on a loop. No, but here's the thing. Even the end of Buyuk Tunjil, I've got all the sounds right, but I do not have the emphasis is right. It is yeah. it is even it is even harder than that, but. I've got it more or less locked down now. So At least I'm nailing B, the sounds correct. B U tune, not tune. No, no, no. B, not B, not not B. Okay. Boo, boo, as in uh, I'm scaring you. Boo, boo, yuk, yuk, tune, as in a cartoon. Tune, jo. Boo, boo, tune, jo. Boo, yuk, tune, jo. Boo, yuk, tune, jo. Yes. Got it. Barke, boo, yuk, tune, jo. Ah, you're beautiful. Yeah, I've got. I, it. I swear it's that beard that enables you to do that. Yes, yes, um, yes. I, I look like a um, some sort of a medieval uh, uh, lord from the Poland Lithuanian Commonwealth. You um, just look like an Eastern European guy. Yeah, like you're going down in the countryside somewhere in Slovenia, and you're looking out, and you're working the field with your till and your. I can donkey. do that. I can make that happen. Uh, yeah, but. What you said about him is very encouraging. That's the piece that was really missing. Uh, uh, this is no this is no knock on a Daimara. A Daimara is a nice to have, but you have a five. Uh, Barke was a must have. You must have him. You must have him be good. And uh, early returns on him being good. That was the missing component. Uh, you got that. You got a team. You got a team yep. that can do some things. So that's 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 gangbusters. Yep. Yep. All right. Go, Dave. All right. Well, this is a short one. We're in and out quickly. 
Yes, uh, it's a surgical strike, uh, but we will be back next week with Longer Show. I'll be back after the game with my usual recap. And uh, everyone, enjoy the game. Uh, hold on to your sanity. Uh, win or lose, uh, we expect you back on bro, posting away with uh, completely insane energy. We love that. All right, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online. Bruin Report Online. Not <laughs> Bruin Report Online. You know, I got too into my Turkish, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I understand what you were trying to do there. Yeah. yeah. Bruin Report Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. See you later.